Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. And David Johnson, the lone setback. Rosen under center, barking out the call takes. It's play action. Rosen setting up with time. Looks deep. Fires deep. Got a man wide open inside the 30. It's caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown, Josh Rosen. Darnold in the shotgun. Bilal Powell to his right. Back to throw. Darnold looks left. Throws left toward the end zone. Terrell Pryor, one-handed catch. Does he have it? He does. Get touchdown. Mayfield in the shotgun. From the 19 of Baltimore, he's back to pass. He steps. He throws. End zone. Touchdown. It's Higgins. What a beautiful throw. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Allen rolls left. Looks to the end zone. Going to keep it. Josh on the run. Inside the 10. Side set to the end. Headed to the end zone. He is in. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, 14 yards away. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What is up, everybody? DJ Bucky here on a Takeaway Podcast. And, Buck, we heard our first takeaway already. Listen to those calls from the rookie quarterbacks, 4-0 and for the rookie signal callers on Sunday's action. And it was fun to watch. Some, some big plays being made by the young guys. The young guys have really come in and been pretty impressive. Um, look, it's not all really reflective on their stats, but their ability to come in and lead their team to wins because ultimately the quarterback is judged by his ability to get his team to the winner's circle. Mayfield, Donald, Rosen, Allen all getting dubs. Um, I, says a lot, I think it says a lot about the way young quarterbacks are being developed and a lot about the way teams are just throwing them right in. The day of the red shirt – it's gone by the wayside. No, these guys have all been thrown in there. And uh, kind of going through them here real quick, Sam Donald, three touchdowns in that game, a win over the uh, over the Broncos. Some talent on that defensive side of the ball. I was I was glad they let the kind of the – they t- took the shackles off a little bit and let Sam push the ball down the field, and Robbie Anderson had a big day. 
Yeah, Robbie Anderson did have a big game. Watching that game, you know, it, it's funny because I guess people assumed that the Denver Broncos would come and kind of walk over the New York Jets because the Jets had been up and down. But anytime you have a rookie quarterback playing and you don't necessarily have a lot of complimentary playmakers around him, there are going to be some struggles. But I think the thing that helped them, they were able to run the Ran ball. Ran the heck out of it. I mean, set a franchise record uh, in terms of rushing yards in a single game. That alleviated some of the pressure on Sam Donald to make plays. And when they got in the red zone, he made enough to get them in the end zone, that's what you're looking for with your young quarterback. We'll get to Crowell a little bit later on. And then uh, Mayfield doing his thing. Uh, big comeback win for Cleveland against Baltimore at home. Not a lot of points, but, man, when there were plays to be made, especially on third down late in the game, two minutes left in the game, third down, the pocket gets squeezed and Mayfield escapes and, and hits a big completion to get them in, in really good field goal range or in a real good field position to go down there and kick the game-winning field goal. I thought he was outstanding. Josh Rosen, first play of the game. You heard that play call, 75 yards and the touchdown to Christian Kirk. And then Josh Allen, 82 passing yards, Buck, didn't do a whole lot throwing the football, but ran around and, and, and scored the game's only touchdown. So he uh, he did what he had to do in a very low-scoring affair for this uh, Buffalo Bills team with their current talent to have two wins. Uh, darn near amazing, in my opinion. Yeah, really, really amazing. Um, I think two things to touch on. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the fact that they let him throw it 43 times, uh, he did have an interception, but he was really able to manage the game. He does a really good job of getting everybody into the mix. When I look at the stat sheet, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dudes uh, yeah. with receptions. He really spreads the, the field, spirits the ball around the field, and he makes you defend everybody, which allows him then to get back to Jarvis Landry and David Njoku, who are his top playmakers in the passing game. Uh, his ability, I worried about his athleticism because he's not an A-level athlete, but he is athletic enough to really torment the defense. He can get out of trouble. He can make some plays with his feet. He's not necessarily a runner like Russell Wilson, but he just does, he does just enough to create chaos and allow himself to have opportunities to fire it down the field. And real quick on this before we leave the rookies, go back to when you're evaluating these guys and we talk about the importance of the th the big three in my in my opinion. You talk about accuracy, you talk about decision-making, and then I say poise. Those are my three most important factors of the quarterback. And then I have a little caveat there where you need enough arm to make every throw and you need enough athleticism, as Urban Meyer liked to say, and we've referenced it before, to be able to make one man miss, to be able to generate something when you have somebody free coming at you. And I think Baker Mayfield, accuracy, decision-making, poise, check, check, check. Enough arm, absolutely. He's got plenty of arm plus. And then enough mobility. Yeah, no, he's not He's not Michael Vick. Doesn't need to be. He's mobile enough. He checks all those boxes. He does check all those boxes. And I think it's funny because – the only guy that we would say is probably not a great athlete would be Josh Rosen. But because Josh Rosen isn't a great athlete, he has to be exceptional in the other areas when it comes to accuracy, poise, and decision-making. He has to make sure that he checks off all the boxes. Josh Allen is an interesting case because he doesn't necessarily have the accuracy, and he's a work in progress when it comes to the decision-making. But what he's able to do is to use his athleticism to create plays to get first downs and they ran the heck out of football 43 rushing attempts if you're able to do that and control the game I think you can win with him we knew that it would take him some time but the fact that he's able to just make enough plays with his feet gives them an opportunity to have enough offense to win games all right get to the next takeaway what's number two on the list here buck the Vikings passing game is on point play action Kirk looking left passing left for Thielen Flag on the play, he caught it, touchdown! Adam Thielen back left of the end zone, unofficially a Vikings touchdown. You know, when you look at the Minnesota Vikings and the decision that Kirk Cousins made, 
I thought it was a great decision for him to go to what I thought was uh, a team that had the best one-two punch on the outside in the wide receiver position. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, these are two interchangeable number one receivers. And when you go back and you look at what he was able to do yesterday, I mean, these dudes had uh, 17 receptions, combined for over 200 receiving yards, had a touchdown, 21 targets. The thing about Kirk Cousins throwing to Thielen and Diggs, on the season – He's completed 70% of his balls targeted to those guys, 955 yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. When you talk about being in a rhythm, having chemistry and poise, Kirk Cousins made a decision to go to the best team that could help him elevate his game. And, man, it looks like a spectacular decision that's paying off for the Minnesota Vikings. You know what's impressive about Kirk Cousins that people aren't talking about is the fact, you know, they're not great up front on the offensive line. You know, we talk about the weapons they have in the passing game. Buck, I'm going to give you their uh, their game-leading rusher in their first five weeks. You ready for this? First week, 42 yards. Second week, 38 yards. Third week, 11 yards. Fourth week, 28 yards. Spoiler alert, it was Kirk Cousins. And then the fifth week in the win they just had over the Philadelphia Eagles, 42 yards. They Forget a 100-yard rusher. They haven't had a 50-yard rusher yet this season, and he has kept them in each and every game. You know, and that's because he is a daily accurate quarterback, and he really is playing with guys who I think are premier receivers. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, guys who are outstanding route runners. They create separation. They get open, and he is able to deliver the ball in a timely fashion. Because they're able to lean on a consistent passing game, they've been able to get away with their rushing offense not being what it needs to be. But I will say this. They need to improve the running game because the running game is really what complements the defense. Because they're having to lean so much on the passing game, they're not able to necessarily control the game to allow their defense to play the way that they want to play. But right now, now what you're trying to do is you're trying to win enough games until your identity is formed. Hopefully down the line they'll get that running game untracked. Five straight games for Thielen over 100 yards. That's, uh, that's impressive. 102, 131, 105, 135, 116. So he's been outstanding. I thought this is a game where you saw why they brought in Kirk Cousins as opposed to what they had with Case Keenum. Well, Throwing with anticipation and just pure arm strength that was needed to make some of those throws, Case Keenum couldn't make those. We saw it in uh, that game last year against this defense. It is definitely an upgrade. Yeah, I mean, he was upgraded. Everyone, everyone, anyone who was looking at Case Keenum understood why Mike Zimmer never got on. It was to the magic carpet, right, much, much like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Kirk Cousins, you have a guy who is established, who is consistent. You know exactly what you're going to get on a week-in, week-out basis. And I think it's easier to build an offense around those kind of guys as opposed to a fly-by-night journeyman quarterback that's trying to kind of find his way. And then uh, on the other side of things, watching the tape this morning for the Philadelphia Eagles, a couple different things there. Number one, uh, protection broke down. Lane Johnson had a tough day. Both tackles got beat up a little bit. Uh, so protection was it was an issue. And then third down, they had some drops. Alshon Jeffrey had two drops. They had Smallwood on like a third and three inside the ten, wide open, goes right through his hands. So not finishing plays, not protecting up front. You know, Carson Wentz, you knew there was going to be a little bit of rust with him, with him coming back, but they're not playing uh, with any kind of rhythm offensively. They're not protecting well. And then you look defensively, giving up the big play has continued to be an issue for that Eagles defense. It has continued to be a major issue for the Eagles defense. They can't find a way to kind of seal games the way that they want to. And so when you're, you're having a tough time um, keeping the ball in front and 
not able to necessarily impose your will, it puts a lot of pressure on the offense. And offensively, they haven't been able to run the ball the way they were able to run it last year. And I think that's an issue. They need to get that shored up. And also, they're finding out it is so much tougher to go back when you're the champion. You get everybody's best game. And so you got to be really ready and willing to deal with that on a week-in, week-out basis. All right, let's get to the next takeaway here. There is a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate for the Cincinnati Bengals. Empty backfield, five wides for Tannehill. He catches a shotgun snap. The Bengals send oh, five and they'll oh, send Ryan Tannehill oh. as Geno Atkins buries him at the 13-yard line for his second sack of the day. Geno Atkins has got six sacks, Buck, as an interior pass rusher. I feel like he's one of those guys that always gets kind of lost in the shuffle. Maybe it's because he's playing in Cincinnati. I mean, he's been playing at a high level for a long time. He's still only 30 years old. Uh, going back, gosh, what, 2010, I believe, it was a fourth-round pick coming out of Georgia. And he well, he can take over a football game from the inside. He can take over the game from the inside. And the Cincinnati Bengals are impressive because they have been able to really accumulate a lot of talent, homegrown talent that they've done by drafting guys. Some of those guys have been, have been deemed characteristic and really putting together an A-level squad. When you look at them, they have one of the more talented rosters, and you're beginning to see this team kind of come together. After a couple of down years, Marvin Lewis has found his way, got a new defense coordinator in Terrell Austin. Terrell Austin has cleaned up some of the issues that have been plaguing the Bengals, and they're able to get it done. This is a game where they were down. They were down 17-0. Um, and they bounced back, and they bounced back because the defense was able to create turnovers. They were able to get it done. Love what I'm seeing from the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a team, we talked about the AFC North, and everyone kind of assumed that it was going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers division. The Cincinnati Bengals are in first, and they look like they could be the class of the division. And a guy who's been making a ton of plays, your guy, <laughs> Sam Hubbard. Making Love plays him. there out of Ohio State. It seems like every game we watch. My guy. There we go. We see a little bit uh, Ohio State action from that defensive line. They've been churning out a lot of talent, and uh, Sam Hubbard has been outstanding. All right, what's the what's the next takeaway here, Buck? The Rams' offense gets it done on the road. First and goal from the five after going for it on fourth down. Kadero Hodge, the rookie, isolated alone to the left side. And now Josh Reynolds motions from a tight bunch right into the left slot. Goff under center, turns and gives to Gurley. He tries the left side, fears to his right, and goes in untouched. A three-touchdown day for Todd Gurley. Touchdown, L.A. Man, this team... This team is unbelievable. This team, even when they don't have their A game working, when they don't have their weapons on the outside, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup leave the game in the first half. They're playing with Robert Woods on the outside, and they have Todd Gurley. They still find a way to get it done. This was not a classic performance for the Rams offensively, but they still put up 33 points. And when you look at Jerry Goff, 71.9 completion rate, uh, 321 pass yards, had a touchdown, did have the two interceptions, but when they needed him, he made the plays. On the drive when they needed um, to, to have some big plays, he found Robert Woods twice, 17 and 20 yards, uh, respectively, on that drive. And then going for it to seal the deal. Man, you talk about the confidence that you have yeah. your offense on your own end to say, hey, we're going to win it. Jared Goff does a little quarterback sneak, gets the first down. The Rams are going. And what is what's great about them, their offense is so good that it can mask a poor defensive performance on the road. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, I thought McVay had a great comment after the game at when they asked him about going for it. He said, this team does not fear failure. And you juxtapose that with some other teams around the league to go unmentioned. Uh, may or may not have a star on the helmet. Uh, there was a little bit of fear involved there. No fear with this Rams team. And, uh, you know, you kind of figure out 
what makes this team tick. You look at all the defensive stars they've added. You look at the way Jared Goff is playing MVP caliber level, no doubt. But I still think, and we say it every week, Todd Gurley is kind of the key to this whole deal for this football team, Buck. You, oh, you, absolutely. You kind of look at that Jenga piece we, ju- we talk about with, with Damashek all the time. It, it is it is Gurley. It is absolutely Gurley. Gurley's ability to do so many things, one, as a runner, two, as a receiver, he is a playmaker. And so when you have the luxury of having that kind of playmaker at your disposal, you can always lean on him when the game gets hairy. They've been able to do that. Um this team is legit, man. This, this, this team is is unbelievable. Their offense, if their defense catches up just a little bit, it's gonna be they can be a hard out. I don't know who has the uh, Chiefs Rams game later in the year. If it's ESPN or if, if it's Fox, whoever has it. But I know that they were so elated to see the Rams and the Chiefs get wins in this one, keep them both undefeated and headed towards that collision course. Uh, it is going to be an ESPN game, I believe, right? So that will be a Monday night football game in Mexico City, I believe. That should be a fun game. That would be a fun one. All right, next takeaway. We referenced him a little bit earlier, but uh, Isaiah Crowell, rookie's best friend. Isaiah Crowell to the backfield. Crowell has room. Nice cut by Crowell. Crowell chewing up yards down the sideline. Isaiah Crowell could go. Touchdown, Jets. Only... 15 carries for him to pile up 219 yards. The Jets on the ground. Powell almost went for 100. He had 99 yards. 323 yards rushing for this Jets offense. No coincidence Sam Darnold had a good game throwing for those three touchdowns, including a couple big plays. When you get that type of consistency from your run game, talk about ways to protect young quarterbacks and put them in a position where they can be successful you run the ball 38 times for 323 yards. You can make a lot out of those 10 completions then if you're uh, if you're throwing the football. So, to me, I thought this was one of the first times we saw the Jets really support their young quarterback and it made life a little bit easier on Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is something that they've been able to do. When they've been able to run the football successfully, it does take a lot of pressure off of him. And so that's what you want to see. You want to see them give the young quarterback an opportunity to throw from favorable situations, and they were able to do that. And so as long as the Jets are able to have some kind of semblance of balance, it will always help their young quarterback play at a high level. Sam Donald has always been a guy that has been athletic enough to make plays on his own, but when you give him a little support, you can see that he can play at a winning level. And the other thing is, and we don't need to touch more, too much more on this. We talked about this game a little bit earlier. But uh, one of the things jumped out to me, Buck, and I, I've said it, I think I've said this several times on here, but just the twitch with Darnold, how yeah. quickly he gets to the top of his drop, how quickly he works from one to two, and the ball got a little bit of life coming on it uh, in this game. The completion percentage, I know, 10 to 22, but he had three, uh, three tip passes right at the line of scrimmage, including one that led to his only interception. Uh, I thought offensively, pretty well-rounded game. Uh, for the Jets. All right, we've uh, we've talked plenty about the Jets. What's number? Well, actually, before we get to number six on the list, uh, let's handle a little business here. G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that include Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence, their new campaign: Make it with G Suite. You know, when you have twenty identical versions of a document labeled "Final" and no clue which is the latest, so you make another version and name it. Final, final, right? <laughs> well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, and Slides lets you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of a version after version of a project. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. 
Steelers now eight for ten on third downs. Play action fake. Ben wants to air it out. There's a man open. It is caught. That's a touchdown. That's Antonio Brown at his best from 47 yards out. Alford looks at him and said, where'd you come from? <laughs> man, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are a team that can be a head scratcher because one I haven't figured them out. I mean, one week they look like the Super Bowl champs. The next week they look like a team that is a pretender. Uh, but I believe this week they found that they can get back to basics on offense and they can be successful. Yes, everyone is going to look at Big Ben, 250 pass yards, three touchdowns. But what I'm more impressed with is they committed to running the football. When they run the football, James Conner had over 20 carries. When they're able to balance out the attack, it makes them more dangerous. The last couple of weeks, they had gotten away from it. Big Ben throwing 50, 60 times a game. You don't want to see that from your offense. To control the game, you have to be able to run the football and run it at your terms. They were able to do that, and that is why I believe their offense was more successful in what was a really breakout performance against the Atlanta Falcons. Man, the other side of that thing, the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, the injuries they've had on the defensive side of the ball, I, I get it. But, man, I think last year when we saw a team win a world championship with a bunch of injuries, it kind of strips away that excuse a little bit. Now, these are impact guys, Deion Jones, Keanu O'Neal. These are these are big-time players for Ricardo sure. Allen. So they've lost some dudes. I get that. Uh, but, man, I just – to me, it's, it's, it's a game of attrition. You've got to be able to have that competitive depth on your roster to be able to cover some of that up. Now, I know that's a lot. Uh, when you look at what they've been through there. But, man, this is this is a bad defense, Buck. Yeah, it's a bad defense. And what they're trying to do is, like, the whole premise of the Seattle defense that they're playing down in Atlanta is they were going to have better players. They were going to allow them to play fast, and their athleticism and speed was going to overwhelm you. Well, now when you take away some of the talented pieces away from that defense, you're now playing with inferior players playing in a simple scheme, and they just can't match up. They just can't win their one-on-one battles. And so – this would be something where they have to continue to go back to the drawing board. They will get their young guys plenty of experience, but it's one of those things that they're just going to have to continue to work on because this defense is not playing great, and offensively it puts a ton of pressure on them to score every time, and they just haven't been able to do so. All right, next on the list here. Man, I don't know if uh, if this dude gets enough credit. Melvin Ingram is, is a stud. And off the Lynch. No, it's a fake. And Carr under pressure. Intercepted in the end zone. Melvin Ingram brings it out. He's so excited that it'll be Chargers first down inside the four. And now the Jack boys got to run 96 yards to take their photo in the north end zone. How many times have we seen Melvin Ingram from that linebacker position to the goal line fill the hole and make the tackle? This time he just drops off into coverage and gets himself a pick. Oh, there, Matt Money sounds a lot better than I do there, Buck. But, uh, no, having a chance to watch that, we've seen we've seen it. We've seen Melvin Ingram. He plays off the ball as a linebacker in the middle of the defense when you get down in those goal line situations instead of his usual outside edge position. And the one thing about this, it, was, it reminded me of high school football because you had the fullback for the Raiders come up before he gets in his stance, Buck. You're at the first and goal at the one-yard line, okay? Now you tell me what you think if you're a linebacker and you see a fullback first and goal at the one. Before he gets in his stance, he starts clapping. He starts clapping. Like, woo, getting ready to go bang some heads here. We're going to run the ball. Clap, 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 clap. I'm like, this is play action. What is this? Junior high school? You think we're going to fall for that? Sure enough, it's play action and, and you get an interception. And afterwards, I don't know if you saw it, if you were able to see it, if they showed yeah. it on the TV. 
Marshawn Lynch almost, he took his helmet off. He was Almost threw it. He was mad. First and goal at the one, and you've got Marshawn Lynch, and you don't give him a crack at it right there? Marshawn Lynch must say something to guys at practice. The turn coaches off where they get to the one yard, and they're like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. That's too obvious. We're going to let the quarterback, we're going to let the quarterback do it. A dude who's only played 11, 12 years. It's amazing. Conventional, conventional wisdom. Sometimes a good thing, right? You know, got a big guy, got just, one yard to go. Why don't we give it to the big guy? What do you think? It's just unbelievable, man. I, I just <laughs> one of the best centers in the league, Rodney Hudson. I know Assembly was not playing, so he wasn't in there. But still, it's a, maybe get a yard. What do you think? Maybe no. I mean, just throw the ball. I don't know what Derek Carr was looking at there either. That, that was bizarre. Uh, but anyways, Ingram had a sack, generated a lot of pressure. Colton Miller, man, the Raider fans, Buck, were all over me for not having Colton Miller mm. in my top 25 rookies. I took a Would lot you, of heat. You tell me you uh, well, let's see. You know, at, you two helped me with this because I'm, uh, I'm not a hockey guy, right? Uh-huh. But a hat trick, that's that's three, right? Yeah, that is. Three. So, like, if you scored three goals, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hat trick is three. Three, three. What, what if you give up three sacks? Ooh. Not not good, correct? I don't know. So in hockey, they throw they throw the octopus on the ice. That's right. When when you have a hat trick, I don't know what they throw on the field when you give up three sacks. What do you what do you throw? What do you throw on, on the uh, ice? Yeah, maybe if a goalie gives up three goals. Do they throw any? Besides, I don't know. Besides their beer, they throw anything. I thought you That's had a team a, in Nashville, don't you? Got a team? catfish. I'm actually you a, go to, weirdly a New Jersey Devils fan out of nowhere. <laughs> of course you are. I mean, of course. Of course. Right. Of course. That one makes zero sense. Uh, Yankees, Cowboys, Devils. No. Lakers. No, that's fat. Devils, Spurs. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically Fabiano Jr. I'll uh, give you that. Don't ever, my say fan that. don't ever say that. All right, Bucky, keep the train moving here. What's next? <laughs> the Chiefs fast break offense is nearly unstoppable. Single back, Kareem Hunt. 6.46 to go, first quarter, no score. Rolling left is Mahomes, looking at Kareem Hunt. He's going to sprint for the far pylon. He dies! Touchdown, Kansas City! Hey, we were looking forward to this battle between a top defense and the Jacksonville Jaguars and a top offense, and they had to stop the fight. Oh, hold yeah. up. They scored 23 points on offense. That's not a... He's got a pick. He had a pick six with uh, with with Jones for uh, for Kansas City. They scored twenty three points, Buck. They did. They still had to stop the fight. They had twenty three points. The game. The game. The game was. The game I mean, was, they ran for one hundred twenty six yards and threw for over three over three thirteen. I mean, like how many more yards? But compared to what the, compared to what the Chiefs had been doing, it was below their normal output. Okay, so it it went ten rounds instead of going two yeah. or three. Well, let's just say I didn't see. Uh, no, but I'm going to say this about the Kansas City Chiefs. I wanted to see them struggling. If back was, you got to be able to win some messy, muddy games, and they it did. It was rainy. Uh, Pat Mahomes had a couple of picks. But, man, this dude, this dude athleticism, runs it in for a touchdown. It's first oh, time yeah. the Jaguars have given up a first-quarter score touchdown like that. Um, and, you know, like, they didn't have the flashy plays that we were accustomed to seeing. Tyreek Hill didn't have many big plays. He did get down the sideline a little bit on Jalen Ramsey, but Jalen Ramsey was also in his shirt plenty of times in the game. But this is one where they're so balanced in terms of they have so many weapons that you take one, you can't take them all. Travis Kelsey gets off. Sammy Watkins makes a play or two. It's just a very, very talented offense. I think the way they play, it's going to be very, very tough for anyone to stop. The only thing that I can hope, I know they play New England on Sunday. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, but I would man, that matchup between the Rams and the Chiefs. It's coming. It's it's gonna be like going on tw- was it? I was I, it, was I, it I always do reference. It's like Twitch watching the video game. It's, I, it's like watching the video game. Sean McVay and Andy Reid just sitting there holding the controllers. Have I re- I believe I've referenced a song on every 
episode. Oh. Probably like ten in a row, don't you think? Oh yeah, here we go. One, two, three, four. Get your booty <laughs> on the floor. Except it's, at this time, it's one, two, three, four. Bortles throwing picks some more. Oh, my oh God. man, not not the good Bortles in this one. But I will say, when I went back and watched it this morning. Um, he got hit. I I want to say he got hit on five of like the first ten dropbacks. Their tackles had no answer for D Ford. They had no answer for Chris Jones. Both those guys, you know kind of playing for a new contract and both playing at a very high level. This Chiefs defense, I saw them in person earlier this year, Buck. They were terrible. Um, they did a nice job in this game. Their front, I thought, kind of dominated against the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line. Yeah, they were um, having a tough time up front. And the thing about the Kansas City Chiefs, their defense, they don't need to necessarily play at a top ten level. They just need to be middle of the pack. They just need to be serviceable. And a lot of times when you're playing defense, you just want to compliment the offense. Because the offense is so prolific and high scoring, they can play a little bend but don't break just – Ben, but don't break. Just don't allow the ball to fly over their head. If they're able to do that, they're going to win a lot of games. Um, they're playing better. Orlando Scandrick came up with a pick. Um, I mean, everybody got a pick. Chris Jones had a pick, six, didn't get kicked out the game. If they play this kind of defense, <laughs> though, they have a chance. They need to get – and I know they haven't won the last couple of times they played at home in the postseason. They would like to get home field advantage because that home field advantage is legitimate. You heard how loud it was um, – in the stands with the weather, those things play in their favor. All right, next one on the list here. I know they won the game, and he played fantastic, but I'm worried about Deshaun Watson. Watson out of the gun, fakes the screen, steps in the pocket, has time, floats it for DeAndre Hopkins. He's got it at the 40. Hopkins to the 45. Veers right at the 50. A spin at the 40. Another spin at the 35. Across the Cowboy 30 and down at the 27-yard line. He's like a top spinning his way down the field for 49 yards. Deshaun Watson played great, Buck. Threw for 375 yards. He made plays with his legs. He had 40 yards rushing. But they are running him too much. They're running him too much, and he needs to get it, get out of bounds. He took way too many big hits in this game. And it, it, to me, and look, he's he is better than RG3 ever was. I know RG3 won rookie of the year. Deshaun Watson is a much better pass. He's a much sure. better player. He's far superior. But yes. some of those things we saw with RG3, I can remember RG3 taking a shot. I want to say it was against was it against Atlanta on the sideline where he just, got just, just crushed. Too, too many shots. I mean, he is tough. I will give it to him. He keeps popping up, but he's not going to keep popping up if he takes shots like this. And that a little bit on him, a lot on the play caller there. You've got to do a better job of protecting Deshaun Watson from himself. He's not going to survive taking hits like this for too much longer. No, he's not. And Bill O'Brien, I, I don't know what happened to all the wizardry that happened. The Shotgun on the one, and we're running quarterback. We're, we're, quarterback runs the perimeter repeatedly. Quarterback, and he is getting blown Waylaid. Up. I mean, blown up. I mean, I, I just don't know what to make of this Houston Texans offense because, we, man, we were lauding them for their creativity and what they were able to do when Deshaun Watson took over. I think this but kid can win from the pocket. Just let him win from the pocket. He can. And early in the year, what they were doing, the ball was coming out quick and something like that. Like, with Deshaun Watson, you want to use him as a side dish as a run. You don't want to feature him. Even at Clemson, they didn't run him like that. Yeah. Compared to the way they ran Taj Boyd, the guy who was the starter before him, they didn't run. Let it happen naturally. Yeah. He's going to see things open up and take some yards when they're presented, but yeah, the design quarterback runs you no, don't need all that he's not, he's not built to be like that and you saw he was under the tent every every time they yeah. went out like they need to just be selective when they use him if not he's not gonna make it the whole season well I'm excited to watch him play though man it's great to have him back in the NFL all right what's the final takeaway here Buck Mason Crosby's bad day dooms the Packers this will be a 56 yard field goal attempt for Mason Crosby snap placement 
Here's the kick to the uprights. No good. No good. He missed it to the right. Perhaps the greatest field goal kicker in Green Bay history. On his worst day, he's missed four field goal attempts and an extra point. That's unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable that um, a kicker can miss four kicks in a game. It's 13 first, points. First kicker since 1980 to have four missed kicks in a game. Uh, you think about the points, you're talking about 13 missed points. Uh, in a league where most games are decided by a touchdown, you cannot have a kicker who can't consistently knock it in. It's almost like shooting free throws. And I don't count field goals that are over 50 yards as layups, but, man, when you're in the 40s range, yeah, you, you have to have be able them. to knock those down and knock them in at a high rate. And their inability to do so kind of put the Packers – in a bind, and the Packers didn't play well offensively. They're playing with the young guys out at wide receiver, and Rodgers is still hurt, and he's not playing at the level that we're used to seeing him play. But a Packers team that many thought would make a run is struggling right now, and the kickers certainly contributed to their struggles yesterday. Well, the thing about the Lions, real quick, as we get out of here, no turnovers, keeping a clean sheet. They didn't have to be super dynamic or explosive. Uh, just a kind of a conservative approach to the game and protect the football and, and get out of there with a win. Of course. Uh, those missed field goals definitely aided in that. But Matt Stafford, when he plays clean, they ran the ball enough effectively. Only 3.4 rush, but you get 70 from on Johnson, and Garrett Blunt gets in the, in the end zone twice. So uh, overall, that's kind of a kind of a Detroit team. Detroit here sitting at two and three, to me, looks like a you know an eight and eight type football team. I mean, yeah, it, it, there's nothing spectacular about what they do, um, how they go about it, uh, and those things. They just have to continue to kind of work on. Their stuff. I just need to see Detroit play better. I would like to see the Green Bay Packers play better. I think these are two teams, they have a lot of work to do if they're going to be legit because Chicago Bears defense is going to make Chicago a team that is right there. Chicago yeah. trying to run away with that division. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. Those are our 10 takeaways. Uh, be sure to be on the lookout here. We've got another couple podcasts coming your way. We have videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, youtube.com slash nfl. have some game previews up. Uh, and some more content coming your way, some college football content as well. All right, that's going to do it for us. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah Sully behind the glass, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store.
Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.